Okay, so let's uh, get ourselves into a posture that is conducive to meditation. Check the legs, hands, make sure they are comfortable, that they are stable where you place them. Check the elbows, make sure they're not too far nor too close to each other, to the body. Shoulders are even, relaxed. Back naturally straight and comfortable. Head and neck centered, so you don't need to apply any conscious effort to hold them in place. Mouth, teeth, tongue, resting in their natural places so the jaws are not too loose, teeth are not clenched, the tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. sure your eyes are conducive to meditation, conducive for you. Open might be what is conducive for you, or closed, or half-opened. Then with only the intention to be aware of the breath, become mindful of the breath. As you breathe out, know that you are breathing out. As you breathe in, know that you are breathing in. Do not be concerned about how focused the mind is on the breath. Do not be concerned about controlling the breath. Don't even be concerned about whether or not there are distractions. Every once in a while, it's as if you're asking yourself, Am I aware of the breath now? Am I aware of the breath now? And as you breathe out, you know that you are breathing out. As you breathe in, you know that you are breathing in. And whatever else may be happening in the mind or outside the mind, you are not trying to chase them away, you are not trying to invite them, you are not concerned about them. Staying aware of the breath in this way, somewhere in the corner of your mindfulness, you become aware of a sense of ease coming over the body. That sense of ease is like your vessel having, having arrived. So being aware of that sense of ease is your, is your boat, your ferry, taking you to deep levels of meditation. corner of your mind, check the posture again, scan the posture from head to foot, foot to head, 
to make sure that it is indeed comfortable that it is indeed stable so it is for you a conducive posture for meditation staying aware of the breath if there are any adjustments that needs to be made then make the adjustments staying aware of the breath Having made the necessary adjustments and you feel a sense of confidence in the posture itself and a sense of ease is now deeper than before and wherever the sense of ease takes you it becomes your new platform for meditation. Be aware of how the sense of ease is being reflected in the breath and the mind itself. Then take your mindfulness back to just the breath, just as before. You're not concerned about how focused the mind or clear the mind will be on the breath. You're not concerned about the duration of the inhalations or the exhalations. You're not concerned about whether there are distractions or not. Your only concern is are you aware of the breath? As you breathe out, do you know that you're breathing out? As you breathe in, do you know that you're breathing in? and watch the continuity of awareness going from out-breath to out-breath and seek to maintain this continuity unbroken following 21 cycles of breath.
mindful of how the sense of ease is now deeper, how that same depth of ease is reflected now in the rhythm of the breath, how it is further reflected in the very quality of awareness itself. And continue your determination to continue to experience this ever-deepening sense of ease. Bring your attention to the space in front of you, as though looking in that space through a window between the eyebrows, about a prostration's distance from you. While focusing in that space, be clear about what meditation you are going to do. Be clear about how it's going to, how it is connected to your ultimate goal. So you're making a strong determination to get to that goal for this very meditation session to get to closer. So once you have finally realized this goal, what is it that you would have relied on? What is it that was your infallible guide, your infallible reliance? What became your means? Who or what? Asking this question, feel the sense of a presence in front of you, in that level, in that space. Ascribe to it brightness. So the very goal that you are aspiring to achieve is taking form to communicate with you, to help you achieve it. And somewhere within you there's a measure of conviction that this means, this very means to help you achieve your goal is indeed in front of you. Holding on to that measure of conviction in your mind, show your reverence, prostrate. you feel a degree of conviction that you have what it takes to achieve the goal that you are pursuing and that the means through which you are being guided will take you there infallibly and express this faith by taking refuge seeking protection and guidance.
still holding on to that measure of conviction and reviewing that how by relying on this form in front of you you will be taken to the very object of your aspiration and you feel a sense of gratitude out of that sense of gratitude make offerings your conscience, admit your faults in the actions committed under their influence, developing a strong sense of intelligent regret, knowing that these very deeds are the very cause of all the problems that you have experienced, are experiencing, and may continue to experience in the future. knowing that it is through the force of habitual energy and you need help you need strength to restrain yourself in the future so you turn to the three jewels according to your capacity and promise to restrain then a promise to do something to make up 
let your mind take great joy in all measures of goodness, in all measures of merit, yours and others. sentient beings, be aware of their conditions, how they are experiencing various various forms of troubles, how they are aspiring for happiness and yet it is eluding them. And out of compassion and love for them, Turn your mind to the teacher. And because you hold all beings with compassion in your heart, looking at the teacher, you feel connected to all the enlightened beings. And through this contact, you make requests. Ask all the enlightened beings to please teach. Teach all sentient beings have to put an end to their suffering how to find true happiness Stay with sentient beings. 
until all beings are free. Again, you call the meditation that you're about to do and dedicate the merits you've gained so far through these preliminaries to help you succeed in your meditation. view that you are in the presence of the very means to help you achieve the goal you aspired to achieve for so long. Out of that conviction, you ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head and confidently feel that this form is now above your head takes in the same direction as you are and make strong wishes to be free of whatever obstacles you've experienced so far to be filled with the realizations that you seek repeating the affirmation that the very embodiment of what you are aspiring to achieve is in that bright form above your head. And you start to aspire now to be inseparable with that source. And at a certain point, through your aspiration to become inseparable, the form dissolves into a tiny point of light. See that tiny point of light and descend through the crown of your head. See it descend, arriving at your heart center, finding your mind and becoming inseparable with your mind.
attention back to your breath. Staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body once more. So we are now, uh, we've reached the point number 11, which is the last of the, uh, of the steps where, this, where Jason Kappa combines the, what's called the two, the f- two forms of instructions of achieving bodhicitta. And uh, I recently found out that uh, these two forms of achieving bodhicitta are not necessarily... Uh, the only two forms that all Tibetan traditions say exist. Not that uh, uh, not that uh, within the Gelupa tradition they say that these are the only two forms that exist, but these are the two po- very popular, very talked about forms that within the Gelupa tradition that are talked about a lot. But uh, within the other tr- tradition they have other ways of uh, other forms that which which they consider to be a method of developing bodhicitta, okay. But they also know about these two methods also. Uh, so these two methods, which are combined by Jason Kampa, now we have reached the eleventh method. Now the eleventh step is uh, not eleventh method. Eleventh step is uh, is really where you're trying to uh, get to the. Uh, the a, 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 like a conceptual feel of of the definition of bodhicitta. So all the steps that you were doing so far were for one aspect of the of, of what defines bodhicitta. Now the very last part of what defines bodhicitta, which uh, sort of like is in the definition itself, which is uh, uh, aspiring for Buddhahood. The as, as the Buddhahood part of it. Now there isn't really a step. In, in the eleventh step, that sort of tells you, okay, now this is what Buddhahood is. This is what you're aspiring for. So, in the eleventh step, this is where you are actually sort of combining all the things that you were doing before, which was mainly to develop great compassion. So, everything you've done so far from up, up to step eleven was the the foundation for bodhicitta, developing great compassion, and you develop that great compassion based on on viewing or looking at sentient beings. 
So by looking at sentient beings a certain way, by uh, training your mind to uh, to view them in uh, in a way with a certain attitude, you develop this great compassion. And now, when you reach the eleventh step, what you're trying, what you're doing, is that taking this great compassion, taking this great love, that uh, you keep going back to, to, to that until you feel that great sense of compassion, the great sense of of, of love, and then. With the tenth step of, of uh, taking personal responsibility, you try almost try to carry this compassion, carry this love, and then try to have a sense of personal responsibility, holding on to the se- uh, of these these two great compassion and, and love. And now you're gonna try to continue to have the mind hold on to this sense of compassion, the great sense of of, uh, of love, and with that sense of making taking personal responsibility. And now you're viewing. You're, you're taking that, you're looking at Buddhahood. And when you're looking at Buddhahood, now you're now looking at it in such a way that it makes you aspire to it. Okay? So, in order for you, so the, the, the longer definition of bodhicitta includes, you know, uh, uh, viewing sentient beings in such a way where you develop great compassion for them, and then you turn your mind towards Buddhahood and then understanding. The, the 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 qualities of Buddhahood, then you you aspire to Buddhahood. So that's that's sort of like a, uh, in a very uh, condensed way the 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 more extensive uh, definition of bodhicitta. So it is in it is a wish. It is, it is it is a wish that you have. It is an aspiration for something, and then you're aspiring. Uh, Towards that, in order to achieve a specific goal, so you so you see Buddhahood as the object of your aspiration, and the reason that you're looking at Buddhahood is because of something that is propelling you to look that way. And what is propelling you to look that way is the compassion that you've been developing, the love that you've been developing from step one to step uh, nine. Okay. So, so, t- so step eleven is trying to make that into an actual. Uh, emotion, an actual, uh, an actual feeling of uh, aspiration, and in order for you to have this uh, feeling to be an actu- actual emotion, an actual feeling, you have to uh, have some, you have to develop some degree of of of, uh, of, uh, of uh, conviction that Buddhahood exists, is an, is is a is a phenomenon that 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 is actual, and Buddhahood. Is a phenomena that you have within you the capacity to achieve. So, it's when you have that conviction, then you have the natural aspiration for it, and then and because what what was propelling you to do this to look at, at Buddhahood was the compassion for sentient beings, and then these two sort of like uh, merge into one mind, into 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 uh, 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 its own sort of like a mental frame which is constructed out of the compassion you have for sentient beings the great love you have for sentient beings and and the taking a sense of personal responsibility to address what compassion is asking you to address what love is asking you to address and then you have a, a great uh, degree of conviction that it can be addressed it is something that you can do something about and you, and you you are convinced that the only thing that can help them is for you yourself to under, undergo a transformation, and that transformation is to achieve Buddhahood. Now, 
there are uh, many classical uh, definitions of what is Buddhahood. And then these, these many, uh, these various uh, forms, these various definitions of Buddhahood w- may, may be more detailed than others or may be more inclusive of certain aspects than others. But the, 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 the condensed f- uh, definition of Buddhahood is you know, it's a state of being that, that is uh, where uh, you have uh, three qualities that are perfected. Okay. It's a quality of uh, we call the, the quality of love, compassion is perfected towards others. The uh, the the quality of wisdom is perfected, and then the third quality is is the called the uh, that of power. But that of power, in a sense of not only are you concerned about about uh, sentient beings and and their and their suffering, not only do you know what to do, but you also have the means of actually of actually going out to sentient beings and helping them. Okay. So if anyone if, if you have just one of them present, then you're sort of like uh, uh, incapable of, of doing something. You may you may want to do something, but you don't you may not you may have the compassion and the wisdom. You may have the compassion, but without the wisdom you may not know what to do. You may have the compassion and the wisdom, but if you don't have the, the means, the power of actually of doing something then it, then you are not quite uh, there be able to help yet. And when you're considering Buddhahood, you must do it in a very sincere way, in a very open-minded way. You mustn't uh, immediately try to think of, uh, of, you know, go to the books, so to speak, of trying to get to immediately think of, okay, I, I, I see... I see Beings in tr- in real trouble, in real, uh, experiencing true suffering, and when you turn your mind to Buddhahood, but your idea or your grasping, uh, not grasping in the sense of grasping to inert existence, but but uh, appreciation of Buddhahood is very vague. It's very uh, 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 almost theoretical, and yet the suffering that you are, you have observed. Uh, there's nothing theoretical about it. Uh, it is it is something that you appreciate in, in a very real, deep way, and it, it is the appreciation of the the reality of suffering that has propelled you so far this way. So, in the same way that you have a, a true appreciation of suffering, you see it as a as a as a reality, and you want to address it. You want to do something about it. In the same way, when you look at now, you know, the mind is looking at emptiness. You, you must arrive at an appreciation of, of uh, not emptiness, a Buddhahood. When you have, your mind must have an appreciation of Buddhahood with the same degree, even with a even stronger degree of, 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 of conviction of its existence, equal to or more than the conviction that you have that suffering is a reality. And the only way to, to, to get to that conviction about Buddhahood is to examine it in a realistic way, to examine it to see, is it possible to achieve Buddhahood? What makes it possible to achieve Buddhahood? What is Buddhahood anyway? So, also, look into yourself to see what is it, what qualities do you think that if you were to, to possess, 
it will actually help you address this this condition of suffering that of others. So, what do you think that you think uh, you need to have in order to help a sentient being? Uh, so, you, you look at all the, the different things that you could achieve, and you look at you examine them to see if achieving them will address th- the situation. So, you might think of, if, for example, if you believe that. Uh, the, the reason that sentient beings are suffering, the suffering that you appreciate is because they don't have enough. They don't have enough. They don't have material wealth. So you, so you, you might aspire to become, I don't know, uh, the wealthiest person on the planet or something. And thinking that by becoming the wealthiest person on the planet, you will, then you will be able to remove the suffering of sentient beings. And when you, when you have that, it must be a, 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 a driving conviction. Okay? And, even when you when you hear when you hear that that and you you might think uh, no there's no way that uh, being the wealthiest person on the on the planet is going to is going to help give you what you need to help someone even if you say that that must be also out of a conviction that you might think that that is in deep within you you might think that's what you need to to get to. And yet, just because of what you've read, of what you've heard concerning wealth, and without having the conviction of what they're uh, pointing to, you might just say it in your, just say it in words. But deep within you, you think that I just need to be rich. I just need to get to have to be filthy wealthy, so that I can really help sentient beings. Or in a sense of if I own all the wealth in the world, then I would uh, make sure that no one is suffering. The kind of thing. And you must really examine your mind to see if that is not where you are truly stand, where you're truly standing. Okay. You may say that's not where you are, but in your, deep within you, that's where that's where you may be standing. So that same degree of conviction that might be concerning if I were to be the owner of all the wealth in the world in the world, it's because it comes from. Uh, a du- uh, it comes from a level that conviction comes from some direct perception that you've had you've seen wealth you've seen you, you've, you've experienced yourself having wealth and you may see how, how wealth has removed or alleviated certain uh, conditions like uh, and you might think that oh, if someone was managing the wealth properly then suffering will, will, would go away okay so this might be a, a, a conviction that you have deep within you that you may not even be consciously aware of. And, you, and by examining Buddhahood in a realistic way, then these convictions may come. And when they come, you have to examine them. You have to give them equal... Equal what? Equal... Equal weight. Okay? Not, don't dismiss it outright just because you know, it's written that it is not. You have to have arrived at that, that conviction from deep within you. Maybe, maybe it, if you do become the wealthiest or the one who owns all the wealth in the world, you, and that, that, that might be the way to alleviate the suffering that's in the world. But in order for you to arrive at that conviction, you must examine it realistically and really look at it. When people have wealth, what happens? And then, and then so that when you directly see, uh, or when you bring your mind to a direct perception of what, of what that means, then whatever uh, wrong ideas you may have of it that are deep-seated, you may, you may become free of them so that your mind can let go of it. At least some part of your mind that you may not be aware of, it, of can get let go of it so that 
so that more of your mind can now be directed towards what can be a, a true solution. Okay. So then you want to arrive at Buddhahood and you're looking at it and you arrive at the conclusion that that is the true solution. And you're convinced uh, at the depth in, in it, at the, from the very depth of, of your being that it is something that can be helped. So you look at and you, and you can sort of define Buddhahood in a way that is very personal. Like, when I achieve Buddhahood, I will have this quality, this quality, this quality. I will be free of this limitation, that limitation. And, then when, and you see yourself, when you have those qualities, and you see yourself engaging sentient beings, and you see how, by engaging them with those qualities, how you, can, you will actually help them become free of their, of their condition of suffering. Okay? So, <laughs> you can uh, either elaborate on those three qualities uh, that a Buddha is a being who has perfect love, perfect wisdom, and perfect power. And then you elaborate on what is perfect love, what is perfect uh, wisdom, what is perfect power. And you elaborate on them in such a way that they are actual uh, actual uh, qualities that can be... Uh, that that either exists and that can be uh, actualized. And, and you must define them in such a way that they, they fit with reality. Like if you think of perfect power, for example, the ability to you know, do what the world exactly as uh, you want in, in, with a fact in a, in a, at, a, at a thought. At a moment, at a, what's it? With, at a thought. I'm seeing me saying this incorrectly. In an instant. In an instant, okay. So like, uh, okay, there's no su- okay, I don't want suffering anymore, and then you think it, and you think that's what perfect power is, and you have to analyze that. It, can that be perfect power? Can is that what perfect power is? And you have to analyze those three, and arrive at a realistic appraisal of what they what they mean, okay. And you might even sort of translate them into uh, 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 into terms that are more. Uh, uh, mm, more uh, heartfelt for you, like you might see. Uh, if I, uh, I have to be unlimited in my in my in my in my ability to express myself, I have to be. Uh, my mind must cover all things, all things that are t- to be known, or you know, you, you can think of it expressed express those quality in 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 those ways. Okay, uh, uh, using your own sort of. Uh, personal or heartfelt uh, terms. That way you, you, you will find yourself more at ease at approaching it. You will not find, uh, you, won't, you won't have to fight over the barrier of, of, of terms which are not from, uh, heartfelt for you. Okay. So, step 11 is really just sort of like holding on to the compassion holding on to the uh, love that you have for all sentient beings and then feeling the sense of personal responsibility and then trying to induce an, uh, uh, an actual aspiration towards Buddhahood by looking at Buddhahood in, in, in a way that you feel you are convinced that it is an existing it is an existent something that exists something that can be actualized Okay, so that's really what step 11 is about. Right. Okay, so we have a clock and we have three minutes. <laughs> okay, which Buddhahood now? Let's go. <laughs>
Okay, ready? <laughs> well, now you have two minutes. <laughs> so you have to go through all the steps from step zero, step ten, get a feeling for it, and then try to get the mind to have an actual aspiration for, for Buddhahood. Quickly check the legs, hands. Elbows, shoulders. Your back, head and neck. Mouth, teeth, tongue, eyes. have a clear and as vivid a memory as possible of the sense of ease the state you were in right before the break let it be so vivid that your mind gets absorbed into it and by being absorbed into it then you will find yourself in that back in that in that very state bring your remember that you are your in your heart center you're thinking from your heart center Observe five cycles of breath. the steps, get a feeling for each step. From having equanimity, that is a state of mind that is divorced of biasness, then that as a foundation, then look at all beings regarding them in the highest way you regard the person closest to you. Then continue all the way to taking personal responsibility. And having a realistic appreciation of Buddhahood 
and aspiring to it.
be mindful of the tranquil state you find yourself now and endeavor to remain there and from within that state dedicate the power of your meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. back to your breath aware of the out breath when there's out breath aware of the in breath when there's in breath and slowly become aware of the body starting with the top of the head and slowly including more and more until you reach your toes So, we will not have this class next Sunday because next Sunday is uh, Puja Day. You know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every once in a while we have uh, certain ceremonies that have to be done because of commitment and this time falls this coming Sunday. We meet next the following Sunday. That's after Christmas, so I'll be here. I don't know if you will be here. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you.